Welcome back, inebriates. This is your faithful host, Andy, as always. Please excuse my voice. It's starting to go a little bit. I've been recording a lot of pa- podcasts the past couple of days, and getting overhead cold is never a good combo. But um, I have recurring guests today. Um, Steve, are you, you're going to be at the Pages and Pint? Are you at the Pages and Pint thing? Or are we just... I mean, I feel like you're guilting me into it right no, now. No, 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 I, I didn't. I'm because I've been recording a bunch uh, with it all of a sudden. No, it's fine. <laughs> so uh, if you're at Pages and Pie, you won't see Steve Van Sanson. Uh, sorry, man. Not trying to guilt trip you a little bit. And uh, okay. Derek Rook, the guys from Rough House Publishing. What's going oh, on, yeah. guys? How's it going, Andy? Good to uh, see you again. It's going real good. good. Real good, man. Good to I, hear you again. I, yeah, I yeah. can't see anybody. I can't Derek, see Derek is just a, a faceless... Name. Yeah, he's stricken blind. Yeah. Uh, suddenly stricken blind. You know what that means? He's been too doing too much of. Uh, that and that is publishing really cool stuff. That's what yeah. makes you the blind yeah. kids. I was gonna say Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been what, like two years, I think, since we talked. Yeah, uh, guys, it's amazing how fast that time goes by. I remember it like. Yeah. I think it was 2019. I was to gonna say honest. it was before COVID, so it's at least yeah. three years. Um, yeah, we we came down and we were promoting uh, issue two of Gore Shriek Resurrectus. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And uh, are we on issue three, issue seven? Where are we at? Uh, well, we're actually working on issue three as we speak. And nice. since that podcast, we've uh, we've had two books out since then. So uh, so this is actually our third since then that we're working on. What what books have you guys put out? Like. Um... Are they fairy tales, kid stories, romance novels? Oh yeah, we totally oh. flipped. We flipped. <laughs> it's all above. kids yeah. uh, entertainment. <clears throat> Five and under. Five and under. Yeah, if it, if it were a musical genre, it would be uh, Mongolian death reggae. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, what what, is, what have you guys put out? Well. Uh, we, you know, this, this fine gentleman who you can't see, but I'm referring to the screen as if you can, uh, has, uh, has put out a couple of my books. Uh, we, we, we started a brand new leg of roughhouse publishing, Andy. Uh, oh, okay. I want to tell you about it. it. It's all about, it's all about novels because, because roughhouse was all about comics. So we did a couple, we did a novel and, and, uh, recently we put out my second book with them, which is, uh, black honey and other unsavory things. That is not a novel. That is a short story collection. So it's 11 short stories written by myself and there are accompanying illustrations by Mr. Derek Rook, who's also on the podcast, Mr. Derek Rook. And, uh, some, you can just call him Mr. Some people do. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. So we're we're we did two of those, a little little bit of a sidebar, and then we're going diving right back into doing some comics next. Yeah, Andy, what uh, when we all got together the last time, that was actually the first podcast that Steve and I did together at that point. That's right. Um, and I'm not sure if we had even done any shows together at that point yet. Steve, do you recall? Yeah, I, I don't believe so. I think our first. Uh, well, our first one was Scaricon, right? But I, I don't think that was, I don't remember the dates too well, but uh, I could have sworn. Think, no, 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 because we premiered uh, Gore Shriek 2, uh, Gore Shriek Resurrectus 2, excuse me, at Rock and Shock in 19. Oh, right. So we had done, we'd probably done a couple. We probably did the Scaricons anyway. Uh, but that was really, really close to the beginning for sure. For um, sure. That's right. 
our first our first shows together we had um just things that we had already published separately so like um like you had the first issue of gore shriek and you had some of your other titles that you've published throughout the years and um and then i had my my uh, vampire books which i actually did talk about uh, on my first appearance yep. on inebriart yeah um way back way back when uh, i think that was uh probably 2017 probably yeah, uh bone bone something king bone I'm so sorry, I'm oh it's pretty I'm good pretty good no it's pretty good no the bone eater king is bone the eater first king. book i knew it was bone eater king there. yeah and uh those are vampire books set in africa and there is actually if uh any of you out in the listening world have any clue as to who the heck i am and the in the book the bone eater king uh, there is a tie-in story in black honey actually one of the stories it takes place in that world it's pretty cool yeah andy if uh if i may um one of the reasons i would say probably uh there were two reasons specifically why steve and i got together in the beginning number one is he's just a really great fucking guy and he's just so friendly comes over to your table starts talking to you you just gotta love him but uh uh, incidentally speaking, uh, I, at the time I was looking for a roughhouse partner anyways, somebody uh, that I could collaborate with. But one of the things that I wanted to do in my career in general, uh, as time has, had gone on, is not to necessarily move away from sequential art, which is what I've been known for up to that point. But um, I really have always loved illustration work, just one page illustration work. Um, and was looking for an opportunity to do that kind of thing um, and also expand what we were already doing. We were doing not just comic books, but exploitation-specific comic books. Uh, so we wanted to widen that net a little bit. Um, Steve's stories, his, um, you know, speaking of the Bone Eater King and Marrow Dust at that time was perfect for a collaboration down the road where we wanted to actually add illustrations to uh, the narrative and put it out something very close to some of like Stephen King's illustrated work like The Dark Tower and things like that. Um, and we were, we've were we been looking for excuses to, to do a project like that. Um, during COVID, we put out Mark of the Witchworm, which was our first novel. It was a giant novel. Um, and all sorts of cool, groovy extras and everything else. Um, but I largely was not a part of that from an artistic perspective. Um, and then when this project, Black Honey and un other unsavory things came up, uh, that was the green light. That was the reason uh, that we pulled the trigger and said, this is perfect for the type of thing that we want to do. Um, and that's what we did. It's a very art-centric uh collective story project and uh you know i'm not a, i'm not afraid to say that at this stage of the game it's the the best thing that we've ever done is roughhouse now i'm willing to bet because i feel like you know we're all creative people i have a laundry list of projects i want to work on ideas i want to flush out I'm assuming you guys have some sort of list like that. How do you choose? Like what's, what's the next step? And like, do we do another gore shriek? Do we go with another novel? Like how do you choose what's next in line? I'll let Derek answer that. But uh, yeah, we have those conversations happen a lot <laughs> Yeah, and they're not, you know, the answer is not always obvious. Derek, what, no. do, what do you, what do you have to say about that? 
Uh, I would say that let's use COVID as an example. Uh, once the world shut down, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, for me, I was working all the way through. Some people were were feel uh, were laid off, and um, you know, just kind of sitting around looking for something to do. I, I remember saying during that time that we are going to see a renaissance of um, artistic expression come out of this whole thing, providing that it didn't kill us all. Um, you know, that we were going to get a whole new generation of musicians, artists, um, filmmakers, you name it. Um, and to some degree, I would say that that was true. Uh, so certainly some of our favorite bands collectively that we all listen to, uh, they came up with brand new albums during that time or a couple albums yep. worth of material. Yeah, during right. that time. Yeah. And for us, we had finished Core Shriek at that point, and um, we were, you know, we didn't know how long this was going to last. We, at the time, we didn't know how long we weren't going to be able to do shows uh, or anything. Um, but Steve had, and I'm going to, I'll have Steve jump in on this, but uh, Steve had this project already uh, finished pretty much. And it was something that he was sitting on for a while called Mark of the Witchworm. And, and that was his newest novel that he was waiting to publish. Um, it wasn't necessarily in Roughhouse's wheelhouse at that time, not only because it was a novel, but it was in a completely different genre. It is not a horror book. Um, you know, we've sold it as a, a dark, and it, it does have dark moments, uh, certainly, but it is by all means a, a dark fantasy novel. Um, and I wasn't positive that uh, our fan base as it stood would 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 be okay with it if but at the time i wanted you know the world was going to shit anyways and i was just like you know what fuck it let's <laughs> let's, let's so it's a good thing it's a good thing we had a pandemic folks <laughs> or you might never have gotten mark of the witch where no 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 we would have but at that point <laughs> in time you know what it was it was like screw everything i'm i'm so tired of of dealing because you know if you recall we were not just dealing with the pandemic we were dealing with uh, a pandemic that was horribly politicized and yeah uh, tons of distrust and nobody you know really knew where to turn again not knowing how long this thing was going to last or what was the proper precaution uh, i believe they said it was going to last three weeks derek ah well see <laughs> we were behind i the was sli we slightly off slightly yeah. off there yeah but, uh, you know, I'm like this, this, I'm just tired of, of trying to uh, worry about all the wrong things. Let's just put out what we want to put out, what we're inspired to put out and let the public make a decision. It's not up to us once we finish making a piece of art, it belongs to the people. Um, mm. and let them decide. And, and it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we're doing what we set out to do. We're an independent comic book company or an independent publishing company uh, out to make what we've created, <clears throat> bring that to life and, and give it to the audience. Uh, that's what happened with Mark of the Witchworm and we've followed that through with Black Honey. Hmm. You know, it, it's funny that you mentioned kind of this renaissance post COVID. It's been kind of something that a lot of people have talked about when we've interviewed them because um, even I, f I feel there's been two types of people uh, or creative people, I should say, during COVID. The people who are like, cool, I'm going to use this time to jump in the studio or get some writing done or blah, blah, blah. Or people like myself, I had zero creative 
energy. Um, just being kind of that shut in every day, being exactly the same with nothing going on did not help my creative drive. For but sure. Then when you come out of it, it's, you know, you know, uh, there's that old saying, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy or, you know, like <laughs> rough times breeds good music. I mean, there's lots of things that are gonna be coming out of this even now, even, you know, the, the people who are still feeling bad about, you know, things are quote unquote back to normal, but not everyone's brains are. Not everything is either. Yeah. yeah, we're, we're back to normal, but if you noticed the world is forever changed, everything about us uh, culturally is forever augmented as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're living in a post COVID world. Um, some of it has been fantastic. Like we talked about the creative end of it, but uh, I'm not too sure how I think about how it's dealt with us socially or how we've dealt with each other. But, you know, that's not what this podcast is all about. <laughs> I'm just glad that people started coming back to the shows. I yeah, was really concerned exactly. that once we started doing cons again, you know, it was going to be one of those 50 people affairs. Uh, but luckily, that wasn't the case. Um, yeah. What was your first con after uh, COVID? Our first con after COVID was uh, Monster Expo. Monster Expo right? halfway to Halloween. Yeah. 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 Because what happened too, I think it's worth, it bears mentioning, you know, I mean, we had a kind of a feast of good horror cons that are, you know, that were in the area because we're in Massachusetts. So, you know, Salem is in Massachusetts. There's this sort of pervasive feeling through a lot of people that, you know, this is horror town, you know, um, this is every, every town locally has some sort of haunted house. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is Halloween. This is the Halloween state. Yeah. And um, it's funny because I know, like, people have said from other parts of the country that it's like the weirdest thing. Like, what do you mean? Like, who gives a shit about Halloween after you're seven? Like, it's like, no, no, no. It's a state of mind. Shut up. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so we we, like kind of own that here. And uh, we had not only did COVID happen, but two of the biggest that were around, Scaracon and uh, Rock and Shock both imploded for reasons that had nothing to do with the pandemic. Yeah. So they ended um, right before, and then there was it went from you know it went from feast to famine. We had nothing. There was nothing lined up. So it wasn't even like okay, like Derek said, like yeah, we were worried. We were hoping that the con scene came back, but there weren't even any cons to come back. It's like right. new ones had to happen. Um. Because both of those, you know, were, were so big and Scaricon happened a couple of times a year. And then there were small ones, too. And there's lots of other Comic-Cons and little mm-hmm. um, little things, obviously, you know. But, you know, those are the big, big horror ones. Anyway, so luckily, you know, we're, we're a few years past it now. And uh, there are new, you know, young cons coming up, stepping up to, you know, take take the uh the reins as it were and i mean it's 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 been fun and it's been like a like you know a breath of like relief a sigh of like oh my god thank god you know because it really wasn't a sure thing that that was going to happen um but we have we have monster expo they've done five shows now they're doing two a year and they keep growing every single time um are those the same guys that run the retro some sort no. of retro con? Uh, I don't believe so. No, they, oh, okay. they do. They do some cannabis cons. Um, 
And I know that's where they kind of got their start and then yep. they moved into horror and they, so they still do uh, cannabis and they do horror. Um, and I think right now that's all they're doing currently, but they are, you know, the, the gears are turning with the, the management and they really are trying to make it something special. And every single year, you know, they, you, you talk to them and they're like, okay, this is why we did this. We added this because this thing last year. And now, now, you know, we're, we're very much looking at what happened, trying to make it as good as we can. We want you guys to do well. We want all of us to do well. And um, it's been it's been really fun to see. So there's there's that. And um, there are some other ones uh, like Silver Scream, um, you know, exists now. I, I haven't actually gotten to go, but uh, I've heard that's really great. And some other uh, some other cons are coming back. I know, Derek, you can speak better than i can you're kind of more plugged into that scene but i mean we're um, even throwing our hat in the ring this year we have one scheduled in october that we have nice. uh, been working on so that's nice. awesome which one is it andy it's uh hometown haunts and hops so it is okay. as far as i know the only uh horror con that's held at a brewery uh, nice. so working with our friends at mayflower brewery and our friends on the america's hometown horror podcast to kind of put it together cool Cool. Andy, right. I'm starting to see a theme going on with all of your projects. Um, <laughs> over commitment. <laughs> that's that's the inebri part. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those. It's easy to find a venue when you know you have these connections already. But um, mm -hmm. honestly, we've been moving more and more away into other. I mean, like we were just doing a a team building scavenger hunt for a financial firm on Nantucket. Wow. And it was just, it was one of those, we created these scavenger hunts, kind of bar crawl charity events around Christmas. And someone took part in one and somehow saw that as their uh, uh, team building event for their president's club. And, you know, they're like, you can't involve bars or drinking because they're at work. And so we they brought us out to Nantucket, and so we're just getting all these weird opportunities. It's, it's, it's uh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, you never know where you never know what's uh, what's gonna come along, and it's well, well like Steve said, um, we didn't know how long this was gonna go on for, and I knew that once we started to open up again, um, we weren't gonna have some of the the conventions that we've enjoyed, um. Uh, to go back to so we ended up going on the road steve and i went to florida to spooky empire oh, nice. which, is a, which is a big uh convention that they have down in orlando every year or twice a year mm -hmm. uh, i went out to pennsylvania to do a harakan out there and film festival so we were kind of dedicated to going back and doing things the old way like back in the early days i'd be on a plane every you know every month pretty much or on a, every other month going to God knows where to, to, you know, get the name of the company and the product out there. Um, so there's something about not having that safety net of being kind of tied in to uh, conventions where people know who you are. If you need another table, they just bring one over or whatever, you know, you kind of have that, that I don't want to say a comp life because, you know, we, it still costs a lot of money to do these but you have a lot of backup and you have a lot of people that are kind of uh, taking care of you one way or the other. Uh, we came out of COVID not having any of that. So uh, meeting up with the folks at Monster Expo and Silver Scream, which is uh, run by the band Ice Nine Kills, Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. 
Okay. Um, which is just a great, you know, again, mixing metal and, and horror is just like peanut butter and jelly. It's just, it's sure. made yeah. you together. Uh, Terracon, the folks that have done the Rhode Island Comic Con are coming back this year. Nice. Um, and I've done that show. That's a great show. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. see the guest list for that show, it is ginormous. It's going to be, it's going to be something. And if they stick with it, uh, I do believe that those two conventions, both Silver Scream <laughs> and Terracon specific, are going to probably be the, uh, the industry leaders in this area anyways for a while. Um, but again, it was an opportunity for us to go out there again, uh, make some new connections, um, hit some new markets and, uh, and do this, you know, we always call ourselves a, you know, a do it yourself, punk rock style, independent publishing company. But, you know, it's not too punk rock when you get out of bed and, and drive down the street to your local convention, eat in a nice restaurant and go home and sleep. It's punk rock yeah. when you get on a plane, you can't afford and, you know, <laughs> halfway across the country and, and you know, crashing uh, at a friend's place. And exactly. You know, yeah. you know, the drill, you know, the drill. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, again, promoting our brand new book, uh, Black Honey. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's it's always interesting to me. The not not just the dedication of, of horror fans and this is, you know, movies and books and anything related but also they're kind of, I think it's the only genre where they kind of get the budget you're working with. Like, I feel like they actually take that into consideration. You know, when you're watching a low budget horror movie, your expectations are, are tempered because you're like, you know, clearly they didn't have the budget of, you know, Avengers where if you were watching an action movie that didn't have the, you know, multi-billion dollar uh, budget, people are, are more critical of that. Why, why do you think people are so forgiving when it comes to things like car? Uh, mostly, mostly because of boobs, boobs. Got it. Check. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of boobs in cheap horror. And yeah. there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, that's really literally why uh, all those movies in the seventies, you know, started to have uh, so much, so much full frontal. Is yeah. because it was uh, pretty cheap and it put butts in seats. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, um, I mean, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, horror has a uh, has you know, horror fans are forgiving to a point. You know, as long as the story is what they want, but they can be pretty brutal, just as brutal as anybody. Um, like if their uh, Halloween sequels don't go uh, the way they wanted, for instance. Yeah, it seems like the the established. Um franchises people love to hate anytime yeah. there's something new yeah that and that's true of you know star wars and marvel and, and you know as well you know there's there's crappy fans everywhere but it is it is cool when like you know you can get this uh you know you put anything on like there's so much on tubi there's so freaking much on tubi and there's so much on peacock too there's like a peacock has become my favorite service around halloween time they load it up with such awesome flicks and like their their Halloween section is better than any other service, like bar none, hands yeah. down, Peacock for some freaking reason. And uh, yeah, I mean, like it's become a thing the last two years at least that I've sort of noticed that this was this was a thing. And it's amazing all the movies that I had never gotten to see that uh, you know, they're they're low budget, and you know, it's like yeah, no, I I have 
I had a super good time with this. I, I feel and, like uh, Amazon Prime is that way. That has a lot of just random. Prime, ha- Prime is good. Yeah. Yeah. I was Prime watching, is good. I was watching something. Hang on. I'll, I will pull it up because I was watching it the other night. I was basically half asleep, dozing off, and it was on. I have I put it on, and it is the most fucking obscure, weird movie. And it's supposed to be based on Edgar Allan Poe. Now I can't even find the stupid app. Uh, Prime Video, here it is. This is riveting podcasting. I know. This is great stuff here. This is why people is tune gold. in this to, gold, to yeah. watch me go through my, my, my Prime list here. <laughs> They're not even, they can't even watch you. Like yeah. We're watching. Uh, let's see. We're seeing your face. but Dr. Tar's Torture Dungeon. Um, I don't know that one. It is. How many boobs were in that? Um, I watched probably two, two thirds three? Of it before I fell asleep. I think there was a pair. No, I know there was yeah, a pair. I don't sure. think there was a, more than that, but it was just so <laughs> bizarre and strange. And yeah, did we great. lose Derek? Oh, here he is. Derek. I think I think that that is honestly another reason why horror is so great is because it's you you can accept just about any other genre. If it becomes scary, it becomes horror. Like you can have a horror sci-fi like Alien. You can have a horror yeah. Western. You can have, you know, it doesn't have to all be ghost stories with, you know, you know, Cabin in the Woods or Old Dark House or, you know, Freddy Krueger or something like that. Like there's slashers. There's like all sorts of types of pure horror. But there are also so many examples of literally any other type of movie that has has scary parts and it just becomes horror. And actually to, to swing it back to Mark of the Witchworm, um that's sort of what i was trying to do with that is to take fantasy and make it like sort of a grounded fantasy yeah and um so there's you know it's more like a lord of the rings sort of fantasy you know gandalf is a is a subtle wizard he doesn't like you know have an established quote-unquote magic system or anything like that he doesn't you know shoot magic missiles he's uh he's just a subtle wizard that kind of does what needs to be done so with my stuff all at all not at all not even once mm-hmm. so like with my stuff there's there are no wizards there's no there's no real magic at all but there is unexplainable stuff <laughs> and i um i tried to you know remember as i was writing it that like okay yeah this is fantasy there are like you know swords and stuff and uh but you know there's a lot of scenes in there that are structured to be horror scenes yeah so it you know derek's right it's not a horror book but, you know, we tried to, uh, you know, I tried to make it as adjacent as possible. And that's why, you know, it was uh, it was even brought up as, you know, is this something that we might want to do with Rough House or not? But with Black Honey, it really was like it, w- you know, it really was more natural. And, you know, as Derek said, you know, we were looking for something that he could, you know, illustrate anyway. And mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, we'll get there with Predator World. With uh, Predator World is the overarching series of uh, my vampire books. So, the Bone Eater King and Meridus. That's Predator World. That's the series. And uh, there, there will, there will be a third book in the series that'll come out too. And we'll, uh, we're gonna do. You know, everything's still kind of neb- nebulous right now. We're, you know, a lot of, a lot of possibilities and, uh, and stuff of ways we could do it. And we have some really cool things planned for sure. And we're gonna definitely get it out to you at some point. But um but yeah i mean like uh you know hopefully we get to do it with that but with this it's like yeah this is horror this is this is much closer to something that you know we we wouldn't have we don't we wouldn't have questioned you know like right like like we questioned with the with mark of the 
which one will the fans accept this as a rough house property and they did they overwhelmingly did nobody i i, I didn't hear one person complain like uh, you know i was i was worried i was going to be seen as like the yoko or somebody mm-hmm. like oh yeah. who's this who's this guy who's this freaking guy who's ruining all me all my uh my baby killing zombies like what the hell <laughs> and uh and so but nobody said that so that's awesome and it's it's great that you know derek took the um the you know the leap of faith on on that book and and it turned out as well as it did uh it sold incredible sold incredibly well uh especially in florida we, it was just insane yeah um but so yeah um black honey it's like um so you said you know, black honey is like an anthology right yeah well so so anthology and you know it's funny i just <laughs> i've been writing for a while i just learned this this year, I interviewed Richard Thomas, who's a great author on my podcast, which bears mentioning I am a co-host of the Retro Redoctopus Cephala podcast. And that is a show that is on your network, as yes, well as yeah. The Dorkening as well. Um, and Leo Pond, uh, love been, him. Yeah, love Leo. Yeah. He's the sweetest man ever. Um, he, uh, yeah, so anyway, we, we, we are in our fifth season, but... Um, yeah, so I we interviewed we do we do some interviews. It's not all interview uh, format, but we interviewed uh, Richard Thomas, and he's this great author. He his uh, his recent book is up for a Stoker. I don't think they've I don't think that the Stokers have happened yet. Um, but he had spontaneous human combustion is his his collection, and he informed me that actually anthology is not the right word anthology is the term reserved for a book that has multiple stories from different authors well that was gonna be my question is it multiple authors or it's just so it's just so no so it's if it's one author then it is supposed to be called a collection but it's funny because all these years i have been using the words as synonyms i thought they were interchangeable and they're actually not so anyway uh that's that's way too you know long of an answer but um yeah, so it's a it's a collection officially of eleven horror stories by me, and I do a lot of monsters. So there was a lot of stuff for Derek to like draw from, you mm-hmm. know, draw f- <laughs> figuratively um, and literally. Um, but he uh, there's you know there's stuff that you know he's like oh I know what I'm going to do for that oh I know what I'm going to do for that, um, and so it was just it became a really fun uh, project and. Uh, as you go through, you know, there there are drawings throughout, but there are also uh, we kind of haven't really been talking about it too much. Derek mentioned really quick. We do extras, but that really is our bread and butter. Uh, Derek, you want to talk about the extras? Derek, uh, I think the zombies did we, got did we lose him. We did lose him. We tried to come back on a couple of times. So I'm not sure what happened. Um, so is this um, we'll power through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't need that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so is there is is this like a in Kickstarter mode here with um oh no no it's out it's out okay. completely so if you're interested at all in checking this out uh you go to roughhousepublishing.com is the best place to buy it because that is the only place you can buy the um the hardcover edition uh and also the ultimate edition we call uh when you buy both the hardcover and softcover. And uh, that comes with one final extra. But if I could go through the regular extras first yeah, before sure. I get sure, to that. Sure. So um, we we always try to do stuff that is just an excuse to have more art, basically. Yep. Uh, you know, Rough House, you know, Derek's vision. Der- Derek's an incredible artist. I mean, he did the cover of Black Honey. Um, and it's just one of the best things he's ever done. I mean, I just cannot get over this this cover. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but um, 
you know, it's this like creepy purple lady uh, who's just covered in bees and honeycombs everywhere and dripping black honey. And it's just really gross. And uh, I just love it to death. Um, and uh, so, you know, anytime there's, you know, an excuse to have more art, it's, it's, it's a good thing. So we always make sure that there's stuff like, you know, there's, there's stickers, you know, I can show you at least Andy. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. There's, there's stickers and there's like some fun, uh, some, like there's like a, we have a business card that's like a meta business card. This is actually in one of the stories. Oh, that's cool. Just kind so of fun. We yeah, yeah, and we have yeah. a uh, we have a bookmark that I did the artwork for, um, and this was actually one of the stories takes place in an, an arcade in the eighties, and so I I made up my own arcade game for the story, and I I actually did the artwork for the the marquee. Nice. Which is the uh, the artwork that goes on top. Right, right. Across the, the top. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so I had done that. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So I I had done that and we turned it into a back. Uh, we turned it into a bookmark. And there's, you know, some all, all sorts of different stickers. And then we have, um, this is pretty cool. So we did a series of six double-sized trading cards. Oh, those so are they're cool. Five, they're five by seven. So these are actually... I'm showing you these are the yeah. vampires actually from my other my other books too nice um and on the back um it's done like a almost like a 50s style like mars yeah, attack yeah. sort of kind of a card and so do they smell like bad bubblegum they don't smell like bad bubblegum it was the one thing we couldn't get in there but we talked about it but uh no it's it's uh it's pretty fun they're they're all different monsters from the stories in in the book so there's there's 11 stories but there's only six cards nice. um and we have um uh, there's excerpt from the story on the back and it says like the name of the monster and they're numbered and it's just like a fun thing that we you know are trying to like you know look back we we love looking to the past you know obviously you know i like the retro stuff yeah being on the podcast i'm on retro redoctopus and uh and derek loves the 70s so much and you know we're, we're always looking to hearken back to those days as well looking for inspiration certainly and um, yeah so that was like kind of the we actually thought it would be really cool if we could like shrink wrap them in foil yeah um yeah. ended up like it's like i don't know i, I don't even know who does that <laughs> would do that but uh but you know at the end of the day that would just be a one-time experience right you're just right. like you know ripping it open but it's still would be kind of cool but you know we're always trying to like spitball ideas like that you know like what could sure. we do this and that so the final extra which currently if you go to roughhousepublishing.com and if you buy the ultimate edition of the book which believe it or not there's like almost none i think there's less than 10 left um wow. there's two for oh there's two left so guys if you're interested, at the time of only, recording <laughs> at the time of recording there's yeah. only two left uh the final extra is you get a, a 2.5 ounce bottle of hot sauce that we had made special uh, by a, this company, Silk City Hot Sauce, and they're out of uh, Brattleboro, Vermont. Uh, we they made us a hot sauce, and it's called Black Honey, and it's nice, amazingly good. Yeah. It's really it's like it's made with the real local honey. Yeah, and uh, which I I made sure I'm like you got it. I got, I yeah. want to be able to say it's honey. made. Yeah made with real so now i'm saying it to you yeah it's made guys it's made with real local honey which is good for your allergies that's right yeah and it's also uh it's it's pretty hot it's kind of like a hand it's like a hand grenade hot sauce you, you you first taste it and you're like oh it's just honey 
That's all it is. It's honey. And then like you wait 10 seconds and you're like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I think Derek's back. I am, guys. I had to tie two Maxwell House uh, cans together with a piece of string, but I think I got it. Nice. It worked. Yes. Yeah. You MacGyvered that shit. Yeah. That's right. I, I, I don't, punk rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I don't know if, if uh, Zoom is having issues, but it seems to be a recurring thing this week, but uh, mm. could just be coincidence. Well, that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. We, we can both talk a lot so like if one of us drops out again like it's it's fine it's yeah. not really gonna be that bad your show's not gonna like completely suck is my point <laughs> i mean i can always go back and just look at my amazon prime list again so right yeah you know, people love that <laughs> it's gold i tell you <laughs> um so other than your stuff what have you guys been watching reading listening to that i should be checking out good question Derek, since you're back, watching, reading, listening. Um, shoot. Um, so there's a new podcast that I've been listening to. Um, not we're, not, to we're not new, Derek. We've been around for like seven years. <laughs> Another <laughs> new podcast. Oh, uh, called Four Color Film. They do. Um, uh, it's specifically a podcast about comic book adaptions of movies. Oh, interesting. Which, which kind of came out of the blue. Interestingly enough, uh, most recently, uh, I've been looking around for the old uh, comic book adaption of uh, 1979's Alien. Um, and originally it was published in Heavy Metal Magazine, and then it was its own graphic novel. And uh, that's all been discontinued, and now they have a, a new version of that. And I picked it up. Uh, just around my birthday time, and uh, it just so happens that this podcast was doing a uh, a podcast on that in particular book and and the artists and everybody who worked on it. So I've been turned on to that. So if uh, we're talking about listening, uh, definitely that. Um, I've been digging into every you know backwards ass 1970s horror movie that there was back in the day. That's free on uh, on. Um, not Amazon Prime, but whatever it is right now, it's free with ads. But um, the one like thing Tubi? I noticed about all of those T, what was it? Was it Tubi? Tubi, yes, it was. Yes, 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 yes. And what I've noticed so about all of those horror <clears throat> movies that I enjoyed when I was a kid is they never once showed the fucking monster. Not once. Uh, <laughs> I, I went through the entire movie. No, no wonder they were made. They were made such on the cheap that you never even saw the creature at all. Um, yeah, but I, I think there's something great about that is y- your mind tells in what's scary for you. There you can know? be for sure. Yeah. I would say I would say that sometimes if done well, less is more. And sometimes glimpses are enough like The Void. The Void is a, a great example of a modern horror movie. I, I love that movie. Uh, you see you see some shit for sure, but it's all fleeting. It's all like really quick and uh, you never really, you know, get a for sure answer like a hundred percent what what the heck was going on really like you do but yeah it leaves you wanting a lot and um you know i i think that movie was done incredibly well i i think that is a great example of a of something that less is more with that one and it it really just satisfied me honestly i was watching um i want to say it's called uh back room or the back room it's like a youtube um short 
that like okay. some 17 year old kid made and it's very nice. weird and doesn't explain a ton and you know, the creatures <laughs> are very kind of like in passing around the corner as you run away yeah. um, from what i hear he's getting a, a you know a real deal to to make a movie about it so hopefully that stays true it was, it was pretty good did you ever see that movie clown that was uh it was the the story behind it was it was not part of that those fake trailers for the grindhouse the robert rodriguez quentin Tarantino oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it wasn't actually one of those but this guy made one in the spirit of that after yeah, yeah. and it was for a movie called clown and it was done to be a, in the style of eli roth hmm. and it was so on the nose that eli roth was getting like mess like people were texting him going oh i i saw this I new, saw movie, you new movie I, trailer <laughs> i saw the new trailer for this clown movie and he's like what and he's and they're like yeah you're, you're making this clown movie right like this is obviously you and he's like i don't know what you're talking about man and then so he found it he watched it he was so impressed he contacted the people yeah. and he produced it oh that's awesome and it actually is pretty goddamn good the movie yeah. is just called clown i mean that, that's one um, of the great things about the the bar for entry now is not everybody can kind of squeak in that way, but you can, if you, if you have a good idea, yeah, it, a little bit of skill and exactly, you never see, you never know what's going to happen. You just never know. So all the creatives out there who, you know, if you like doing what you're doing, uh, whatever it is, if it's podcasting, if it's making music, if it's writing, if it's drawing, if it's painting, whatever it is, poetry, um, don't don't do it for the reason of of getting fame and fortune don't do it for the reason of getting uh the accolades and and anything like that you're doing it for the wrong reason you're not going to be fulfilled yeah you if you're going to do it and you love doing it do it to do it and hopefully something happens along the way uh but if it doesn't you're still you're still doing it to do it so your your art is now in the world your thing that you the, all the things you made is are out in the world and people can enjoy them and I think that uh, that's just my personal outlook, and I uh, I wish more people would just sort of enjoy the ride, kind of thing. Yeah, and um, I, I think if you do and you're genuine about it, and you and you really work at it, I think the accolades and everything else will will come. Yeah, and I I, I do want to shout out a, a couple of things. I got some stuff uh, some friends of ours have uh, been working on, and I would love to shout them out. Sure. Uh, one is a podcast. Uh, you should definitely go subscribe to the third episode. It's brand new. Third episode comes out tomorrow. Um, oh no, no Wednesday. It comes out Wednesday every Wednesday, and it's uh, it's called Beneath the Red Umbrella, and it is uh, it is created, produced, um, put together, written by James Lamond. He's a local filmmaker and a really good guy, and uh, he's got a bunch of local actors and uh, uh, friends and different creative people. Uh, they have 15 minute. Actually, the first one's 21 minutes. The second one was 12. Um, oh no, no, no. Those are the days. 16 minutes and 17 minutes um, long. The episode so far. Uh, but they're they're uh, like audio plays. They're like yeah. old radio plays. So they have sound effects. They have uh, you know different people playing different characters, and uh, it has like this Twilight Zone sort of you know in introducer and you know it's it's you know, James does that. It's really really great. So if if you're into short form dramatized horror i really recommend beneath the red umbrella really really cool um i am personally i enjoyed both episodes a lot and i was i was actually 
hotly anticipating this project and i am just super proud of those guys and uh really really cool project i think deserves a look and also uh, uh my buddies over at the new england horror writers who i know you know I uh, did put out their most recent anthology not collection but anthology because there are multiple authors and that is wicked sick they have this line of wicked books they're all all different wicked there's wicked seasons wicked tales wicked witches wicked wicked monsters uh, no wicked creatures was one uh wicked weird is the one i'm in yeah. uh and and the new one's wicked sick it's got a plague doctor on the front it's, a, it's their best cover by far oh, cool. i wish i was in this one I, I i didn't i didn't have anything for it at the time and i didn't know whether there was gonna be a freaking plague doctor on the front <laughs> i would have come up with something yeah. but i i did not but check it out it's it's really uh really good stuff i love those guys and they they have been uh you know putting out solid anthologies i think they missed one year and i don't even think it was 2020 i know they took one year off but he they've put out i think other than that i think seven or so anthologies in a row one a year yeah so they've been at this for a while and and uh they do they do great stuff yeah so, i mean i think that's how we met because i think you were at their table at a con or something i think that's uh yeah i yeah. uh, think you're uh that that must be it you know i'm i i don't remember how we met uh yeah. it must have been that it must have been at um rock and shock i uh, was before Probably. i met Dirk. yeah yeah um yeah good stuff so lots of good stuff, lots of local good stuff locally being created in our uh, in our base state here, New England area. And, and there's good something stuff. about supporting the local guys where, you know, I always say I'd rather, you know, spend $50 with a guy where I know he's buying diapers for his baby opposed to $20 <laughs> at some faceless corporation that I don't know where it's sure. going. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm buying uh, diapers for our critics. <laughs> <laughs> I meant also like, I meant like new ones, not full, not used ones. Yeah, not used. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, the the best the best horror book I read this year so far, uh, besides Black Honey, <laughs> is uh, the Dismembered by Jonathan Jans. It is amazing. Hmm. Interesting. It's short. It's written in perfect gothic like he read it he wrote it exactly in this like homage to gothic literature of the like like mid mid 1800s like it's insane like yeah it's insane it's so good the the dismembered let, let me a- ask you uh, a question i've been asking a lot of horror creators lately is yeah. um you know things are always going trends you know i feel like the the mid late eighties into the early nineties were vampires and then zombies came on huge. And I feel like <laughs> zombies are kind of like dying down a little bit. What's, what's the next monster trend? Well, you missed the whole vampire and werewolf thing, which no, I, I didn't miss it. I was kind of like ignoring it a little bit. Oh God. Cause I feel like werewolves should have had their own time. <sighs> those are, those are, they, they just aren't my versions of those characters, but that's okay. <laughs> They're still legitimate. If you love them, you'll, that's fine. All the power to you. So the so the question is, what are what's next, or what, what's the next what's the next trend? I don't know. What do you think, Derek? Uh, well, it, it, that's probably a better question for somebody who follows trends. Um, yeah, we're old. Day, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Derek's trends are like nineteen sixty seven through seventy eight. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Ouch. 
Well, you can get me into the early 80s. But okay. All right. Early that wasn't 80s. a shot at him. That's just it, every time I talk to him, it's like he always. There's a lot about, of there's a lot of gray in that beard, Andy. Yeah. I mean, come oh, on. I know. I'm, I I wasn't saying he is from that. I like that. It seems like he's a fan of that era. Sorry if, yeah. that, if that was making you sound old. I, I, uh, I don't think you're I older than the, I am. I love the 30s and 40s myself, yeah. so it, it doesn't make any sense. It seems to me anyways that, uh, you know, just kind of looking at it from a very loose perspective <clears throat> that maybe um, uh, possession style movies, like not possession like The Exorcist, but more like. Right now we're having like a '90s renaissance, if you noticed. Uh, yeah. So, and it's just the very, very tip of that iceberg again. Um, so we're getting a lot of. Uh, so I saw a movie the other day, The Boogeyman, uh, that the new one that just came out, and uh, you know you could have fun with it and say I liked it better when it was Come Play, and I liked Come Play better when it was Smile, and I like Smile better back when it was. Uh, uh, it follows, and and I like that better when it was the grudge. So you can kind of follow all this stuff back, but the whole uh, cursed uh, something, and because you've entered it, you have a certain amount of time to live. And oh, like the ring, you know yeah. that whole kind of adage, and and that was big. That was actually bigger in the early two thousands than the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, totally. It, it's it's a it's a mummy thing. You know, curse of the mummy's yeah. tomb, really. Sure. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. But, and it's just, you know, it's an easy way to 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 start your narrative for a horror movie. You know, you don't have to give it a lot of thought. You just I'm not saying it's uh, necessarily the, the best thing that I've seen come down the pike, but it's it's a fun. I call it a fun TK. You know, you, you basically know how all these movies are going to end before they begin. Yeah. Some are better than others. I actually like Smile a lot. Speaking of Smile, when it came out. Um, I actually miss that one. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen no, that all right. Again, it, it's the same. You know, you've seen the the movie itself before. Yeah, uh, it's just a question of you know, you, you you've heard Stairway to Heaven. No one's gonna do it better than, <laughs> than Led Zeppelin. But every once in a while, a good Led Zeppelin tribute band will freaking knock it out of the park. But then there's you know my band that'll fucking destroy it and make you hate music. Uh, so, you know, it all depends on how they're how they're doing this kind of stuff. But if you're gonna ask me, I'd say that's probably what we're in the middle of right now. Maybe slashes to a lesser degree. Um, again, we're celebrating the Scream era again, uh, yeah. and I know what you did last summer, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know some of these I, others. I mean, Halloween uh, came back. Yeah, but almost like the whodunit stuff, you know, like someone among us is the killer. Who is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But uh, a lot of uh, legacy sequels are happening, like across just overall everything. You know, I mean, obviously, yes, Halloween. But I mean, I think Cobra Kai really, you know, really did it the best and uh, got it. I like the first two seasons and I just got like. Well, okay, fair enough, but it's still going, you know? Oh, I know. Yeah, it's just after yeah. the giant kung fu fight in a high school, I was like, no, no, you lost me. It, it was still good after that, man. Yeah. You, you missed some good stuff. Yeah. I actually haven't you, seen the You want to talk about season. legacy stuff like, like um, Ghostbusters Afterlife? Was right. I mean, that was just fantastic. I mean, I just loved it. I yeah. loved it. Uh, loved it. I'm so glad they're doing more. Um, I... 
I loved that movie. I really did. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Bill and Ted three, Bill and Ted finally faced the music for good yeah. or bad. Like they, they, you know, it, that happened. And uh, I mean, there's been, there's been a number of, uh, of really fun things that are looking back with the original cast. Um, and I, I really, you know, Scream being another one, of, of course, as mentioned. Um, I think that is really fun and I think that can't last, but I almost see that as a, as a trend too. You know, um, I like, you know, I didn't see the new evil dead, but you know, I almost more appreciate it that appreciate that that was, you know, it's its own thing. Although Mm -hmm. we really got the legacy sequel with Ash versus evil dead. Uh, that really is the legacy sequel to all the, all old evil dead movies anyway. So we, we already got it. <clears throat> Before we close out, let me ask this question because I, I I love this question and, and mm. I love my answer to this question. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, so good. It's so good. Um, it's just so good because so many things are remade and relaunched and sequels. What is one property that you think there should be a sequel to or remake, launch, whatever that hasn't happened? And I'll tell you, my answer was Buckaroo Banzai. Okay. You know, I just watched Buckaroo Banzai. Such a good movie. Three weeks ago, and uh, a bunch of us in the house had never seen it. I'd seen it once. Yeah. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Oh. Um, but, you know. Um, I No, you know what my favorite part of Buckaroo Banzai is? Uh, that nobody who made the movie has any idea what the hell it's about. <laughs> like all yeah. like all this like this stuff with peter weller and like all like all these interviews like jeff goldblum they're all like yeah i i i don't i don't know it's like why were we all walking at the end like that it's like i i don't i don't know i don't know what happened i don't i don't know what it was about <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's the funny star studded cast man like uh all right so so i'm gonna i'm gonna I've answered this question before. My answer is, I, and I think we're, I think we're getting this. I think this is. I had heard that this is happening. I don't know if it still is or whatever, but my answer is actually the last Starfighter. Ooh, um, really? I haven't heard that. Yeah, I mean, well, if you go back and watch the last Starfighter, yeah, and then you watch just the first Star Wars, A New Hope, right? Yeah, and you're like, okay, imagine a universe, you know, with all the all the multiverse you know the spider verse you know this is there's a there's another there's another version of earth and uh you know we have a korean spider-man and in it the last starfighter was the one who went on to get like the biggest fandom of all time and all these sequels and tv shows and it's the biggest thing in the entire world and this little movie called star wars never even was a blip yeah it was just this weird little thing it ends with the award ceremony and we're kind of done because, you know, they didn't beat Darth Vader in that movie. There's more to do, but it did sort sure. of feel like an end. Well, Last Starfighter, holy crap. They don't they don't beat the bad guys. It's yeah. like basically a, a successful test run is is what's like accomplished by the end of that movie. The bad guys are all out there. They set the whole thing up. It's this evil empire. It's this, you know, these, these guys with big foreheads. I don't know. I can't remember what they're called. But, uh, you know... I I want more Last Starfighter. Yeah, love it. What about you, Derek? Let's see. Um, I was thinking about this while you guys were talking. Um, 
there's a lot actually that are not coming to mind right now, but, but uh, John Carpenter's dark star, I think would be an excellent movie to be remade. I think. Uh, so that was uh, Andy. I'm not sure. I've not I, seen that one. I've never seen it. So yeah. that, so it started out as John Carpenter's uh, student film when he was at, uh, uh, I forget what college he was at in California when he was studying. And uh, he was given money after the fact, him and Dan O'Bannon, to finish the movie and make it a feature-length film. And that turned out to be his first film ever. Um, and literally, it's a, it's a space movie where you can literally see the duct tape on screen. Um, it's like there's mm -hmm. an alien in it that's literally a beach ball with, uh, with hands sticking out of it. Um, <laughs> What I like about the movie isn't necessarily what they were able to, to put on screen, but the movie has an incredible amount of heart and it has a really cool, interesting premise uh, where you've got a bunch of guys. So obviously, you know, the, somebody was a 2001 fan because uh, it's uh, a spaceship called the Dark Star. Uh, there's a mission where a bunch of guys go on the Dark Star and they're supposed to uh, obliterate other planets that could be a threat to our solar system. Um, but then something goes wrong. The AI keeps them out in space and never lets them go home. So it's been like 25 years and these guys are just stuck together on this, this ship, not able to get off. And, um, and the madness is set in and the malaise have set in and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the story begins there. Um, hmm. And I, I just thought it was just really interesting. And of course, there's alien life that they encounter, again, that beach ball creature. And, um, you know, one guy is reminiscing about home. He, he goes to the, the top of the dark star all the time and he puts like a lawn chair, a lawn chair out and pretends that he's getting, you know, sun when he's actually not. But um, it, it's just cool. And I think that if they did the movie right, it would be something that uh, would be very interesting to see with money. I don't think they ever will. Uh, most people don't even remember the movie at all. Um, yeah, I had to like Google it. I do remember the cover art, but uh, I'm yeah, pretty sure I've never it was, seen it. They kind of resold it as an unintentional comedy, sort of, uh, yeah. just because the execution of the movie is so shoddy, you know, that you, you laugh, even though you're not supposed to be. Right. Uh, so I think they kind of leaned into that and tried to repackage the movie as more of a, uh, interstellar comedy kind of thing. But, uh, I think that there's a lot of, uh, dark themes in there that would be interesting to, to kind of mess around with. Nice. Well, thanks guys. Um, why don't you give your uh, final website plug and whatnot for our listeners for Rough House? Sure. Well, you can get us always at uh, roughhousepublishing.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at RHP Comics. You can get us on Instagram. Uh, Derek Rook, you can get on Instagram too. Facebook, uh, pretty easy to find. And um, we have a bunch of amazing stuff. I know that while I was out in, uh, in La La Land, Steve was plugging the hell out of Black Honey. Yep. Um, and like Steve said, we are down to just a few copies of the Ultimate Edition that includes the hot sauce. But we do have premium and standard editions of the book uh, still readily available. And uh, we're going to be doing some shows coming up soon. We have um, 
uh, Silver Scream convention, like we mentioned, that's coming up in September. We are planning on doing Terracon and, of course, the Monster Expo in October. And uh, we have a bunch of really great stuff coming out for the end of this year, next year. So stay tuned. Outstanding. Well, thank you guys so much for taking part. Looks like Steve's audio dropped. So um, let's just say thank you, Steve. Uh, Derek, as always, thank you. Anytime you guys got stuff to uh, announce that you're launching or kickstart or whatever, you're always welcome back. And for our listeners, we'll check you guys again next week. Take care, man. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.